Hi guys, welcome to today's podcast. Here with me today is Terry Robinson, who's going to share some of his secrets of his success. So welcome, Terry, and thanks for joining us today on this podcast. So we chatted earlier and it's great to see some of the results you're achieving at the moment. Um, we talked about what you're going to earn this month. You're now a member of our 50K club. So that's a taking home a personal income of over £50,000 this month. Absolutely incredible achievement. Um, and it'd be great for you to share uh, with other people, other estate agents, you know, what you do, how you do it. Um, before we do that, though, we, we mentioned, we talked off air about what you want to, what your goals are for the future and, and what you want to earn. So what what is your goal for your income for next year? Half a million. So that's effectively about £40,000 a month. Yeah. Um, and so the, the big question everyone wants to know is, well, how how do you do it and how are you going to do it and what do you do differently? So maybe you could uh, share some of your secrets with us today. <laughs> I think it's a number of things, um, but I try to keep it quite simple. Um, I think in this industry, you know, there is a, a big thing out there. And if I could have any wish for a state agency, it would be for the public to realise that all agents are not the same, yeah. you know. I battle this every day with with people that think, well, if I put it on right move, you know, everyone's going to see it there. And I know you've said this and I said to people that putting it on right move and hoping the phone's going to ring, you know, hope's not a strategy, you know, and I like to be able to demonstrate to people where we're very different. So I think that they've got to buy into the, the, the fine and country uh, strategies that we're going to employ for them, but also they've got to buy into the person. I think it, it's like having a house that's either the wrong price or the wrong agent. If, if one of them's wrong, it's not going to sell. And I think that, if either the agent is right, but the actual representative of the agent is wrong or vice versa, they're not going to use you. So you've got to get both right. So obviously I'll sell up, of course, what we do at Fine and Country. Um, I want them to trust me. And I think the big thing is building trust with people. Um, I'm a little bit quirky, a little bit different, which I'll come on to perhaps in a bit about things I might do. Um, but also it's about actually not waiting for business to come in. I mean, I'm lucky now six years in that, you know, just, just today I've booked... Uh, a meeting with a client who I'd sold a property from a year ago and he wants me to sell his main house now. And that's great. Um, and that's come from a previous good result. But I think you've still got to go out and get the business. And we are in an environment at the moment where there aren't many people requesting appraisals on the property at the minute. You know, there is a shortage of houses to sell. So for me, um, it's about getting out there. So I think to be able to do the sort of numbers that I'm doing, I've got to be able to actually top up what would sort of just come in normally and accelerate that number by finding the business. So the first thing is you've got to find the business. Yeah. Um, the second thing is when you get into that, you know, opportunity that you've you've fought for and you're actually there live, you've got to make that first impression immediately. They've got to like you immediately. immediately and you've got to build that trust up and that rapport and, and get them to almost want to use you more than the company you're representing, but then the company's a bonus as well. And on top of that, you know, as well as being a bit a little bit different, it's about having the techniques to overcome huge objections. You know, the fee I charge to sell somebody's home in some cases is five times more than an agent that may have had out the day before. Right. And I've got to explain to them why by paying that fee, they're still going to be better off. Yeah. So do you want to start with generating your leads? Where do your where do you get your valuations or market appraisals from? How do you generate those? So some are coming from now, as I say, repeat business recommendations, which is really nice. Um, I deliver our national refined magazine to all the properties for sale um, that are on the market. And that's initially a way to sort of get involved with them, build some rapport, get them to know your face. 
Um, and even if they've only just gone on with an agent, there's no harm in delivering one because you might be able to find them a property to buy. Mm. And if we can get to a point where actually, you know, I meet them for the first time on week four of their agent's 16-week contract, but by week 16 when they can leave, they've realised that they're hearing off me more than their own agent, they're going to use me to sell the house. Right. Um, I'll also try and win business by doing lots of social media posts yeah. um, and, you know, putting lots mm. of success stories on there. But not just that, it's also giving some good key content, some good information, things people like to see. I think in a community, in a local area, you know, you want people to see that you're a trustworthy person rather than the reputation that collectively we have as estate agents. And so, you know, I, I won't be shy to perhaps publicise money that I donate to the homeless charity that we work with. And people think, you know, this guy's pretty, pretty normal. Um, and, and in actual fact, I think one thing I would mention when the chance come up to work with, with you and to, to, to have this license in Banbury and Buckinghamshire, the one, the one biggest thing I was not sure about was that going from the corporate world to a, an upper quartile agent, I had this vision that I'd have to wear a tweed suit and be in an office with a, you know, dare I say like receptionist and a pleated skirt and, you know, 1960s and that isn't me and I'm just a normal guy and actually I know you'd said that we're not like that and I think when I go to a lot of houses that are one and a half two and a half million I get on so well with these people because a lot of these people have worked hard to get into that position to have that house the last thing they want is some stuffy person coming around in a suit talking with a plum in the mouth and all that um I very rarely go to an appraisal in a suit I'm nearly always in jeans a smart shirt and a jacket and a lot of people like that so I think it's actually that first impression, if there's not a suit there and the tie and all that, that barrier, they might think, oh, this guy's pretty pretty normal, one of me. And I think that helps the second you get in there. Yeah, brilliant. So so what other ways do you get market appraisals? Obviously, you mentioned recommendations. You, you talk to people who are currently selling by delivering the magazine, social media. Um, anything else? Um I, I will always ask for referrals, yeah. you know, so if, if I've done a good job for somebody, I will <clears> always say, who do you know that is, is going to be potentially looking to sell? Not do you yeah. know anyone? Who do you know? So I think anyone that's looking to try and increase their sales, mm. the one thing I would recommend massively is if you've done a good job for someone and you've got them at the, that point of euphoria and they're really happy with you, mm. that's the time to say to them, who would you recommend that I use? Yeah. You know, who would you recommend to use me, I should say? Yeah. And they're likely to give you a recommendation and yeah. you can work with that. And I think also not forgetting the good old fashioned old school estate agents, which I used to love in the early 2000s of just anyone with a house to sell, you get on them and you, you know, you do a great job for them and you, you know, you impress them as a potential viewer that yeah. you're, they're going to buy from. They're going to want to, you, you know, you just sell the house. Brilliant. So let's take it to the next step then. So you've got an appointment to go to someone's house to do an appraisal or free market, a free valuation. Um, obviously the competition is fierce out there at the moment. You know, you mentioned, so tell me why you mentioned that your fee um, is obviously five times higher. I mean, can you give me an idea of what sort of fees you're charging at the moment and what your competition are charging? Yeah. So I charge two and a half percent to sell a house. Um and pretty much all the other agents in, in the area that I cover, they're charging no more than 1%. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of agents that are charging half a percent. Yeah. And, you know, I, I have to say to these these sellers, you know, if someone's got, you know, half a percent on the table, they're not going to be overly incentivized by that. Mm. You want someone that's going to be paid well for doing a good job for you, but mm. that is naturally going to get you a better price because they're going to work harder. And that difference in the fee it's going to probably be a tenth of the difference you're going to see. Yeah. And I think it's just explaining that to people. 
And how, yeah, I mean, what else are you going to be doing differently? Because that's going to be the common question that someone, the seller's going to ask you. Well, look, they can sell it. They've told me they can sell it. They're 1%, you're 2.5%. What are you going to do differently? I think you've got to have some things that really differentiate you from not just any agent, but every agent. So if I can go in and say, look, I always say to people when I start and I sit down, there's three things that I do that no other agent does. And at the end of the appointment, I'll, I'll talk you through them. They're always so intrigued for that hour and a half until I get to that point. And I'll give them three things that I'm going to do. And I think any, you know, any agent or any individual can find three things that they're unique for yeah. and turn that into a positive and make that person feel that that's going to help them and that they're going to trust you. Yeah. Um, so I will talk through those three things. I think, you know, when I'm in a house, the one thing that I think makes a seller choose an agent is how passionate they think the agent is about their house. Yeah. You know, and if you walk around and you just like, you know, this is all right, isn't it? And this is nice. And this is what we do. It's the same every day. You're not different. But if I'm talking about, oh, you know, I see you've got a signed boxing glove up there. You know, I used to go out with the girl whose granddad was a boxer or something. You know, it's, it's, if you can get a connection with them um, or, you know, if, if they like travel or, you know, I mean, obviously I, I play a lot of snooker and I went to someone who had a snooker table and we talked for about 40 minutes about snooker and nothing else. I think that's what we're with a listing because we just got this amazing common ground. Mm. So I think you've got to be different. Um, I think you've got to offer a different service, but I think as an individual, you've got to be a little bit different as well. Yeah. And what about the, you know, the marketing you're doing to get that house sold? How, how are you presenting that property? The, the average agent just sticks it on right move. What are you, what are you doing? We, we do so much differently and my sellers would rather it take two, two and a half weeks to get it live than it going on right move the next day. You know, we're going to do a professional uh, brochure with the best photography that there is. Um, we're going to do social media campaigns. So I'll do a coming soon video to draw up that enthusiasm from my buyers All my followers on my social media channels. They can see it. They, they message me, ask questions. Recently, I've just put a house on as a coming soon, 20 seconds and I had five or six people ring me from numbers I didn't know while I was in the car wow. saying, I've just seen you post. What is it? Where is it? And it gets that excitement going. Now, a seller is not going to get that from any other agent. Mm. Um, I'm also going to do, of course, the professional three, four minute video we do with the drone and make a fantastic presentation of that house for them. But we can home stage their property. You know, I mean, we've even just with a house we've sold, we waited an extra two weeks because we wanted it to look perfect. It was a big old farm. Mm. We got professional stages in and the lady actually couldn't believe it was her house with what they did. And they did a phenomenal job. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot that's going to go into it. And this is why I get really annoyed when people say all, all agents are the same. Yeah. It annoys the hell out of me because agents aren't going to do that. You know, they're not going to do that. And that's why you, you get what you pay for. Yeah. You know, if you want to go and sell it with, a, you know, like a purple bricks or a local independent or whatever, that's the cheap way. And if that's what someone wants to do, that's fine. But I mm. think it's it reminds me of the old days when we had the auto trader and you had a nice car you were going to sell before we had all the internet and stuff. And you could either have the great big advert and pay out for the best marketing they could give you, or you can park your car at a supermarket car park with a sticker in the back window saying for sale. Mm. That, that to me is the difference between a local one-man band or an internet agent and finding country. Yeah. So there is a lot more that we're going to put into it. And what have you got any examples of, of you achieving better results through your marketing and how that's benefited the seller? Yeah, the property we've just homestaged, it was a farm that um, I was one of, I think, five agents out. And the lady had had fees ranging from half a percent up to one, and that was it. I went out and said two and a half percent, and the price was one million seven hundred and fifty thousand. Obviously, there was a huge difference monetary in the fee, <clears throat> yeah. fees. Um, 
wouldn't negotiate because I know I'm worth that fee. And I took it on the market and we did home staging. We did the professional video. We flew the drone. I did so many social media posts on it. We had a huge amount of uh, viewings uh, from the videos and then actual live physical viewings. And we sold it for £105,000 above asking price. So I actually mm. sold it for probably five times more than the difference in the fees. Yeah. So you saw, what was the sale price? One million eight hundred and fifty-five. Wow. So over a hundred and five thousand pound more. And what was your? How much was your fee more than the other agents? About thirty. Thirty. So she was obviously about seventy-five grand better off financially. Yeah. That's a fantastic story and a great example. And you know, and I think it it is a process that we do need to educate sellers that there is a difference. And I think, like in any industry, you know, you you can have the I'm just trying to think of an example, but like supermarkets, you've got the cheaper supermarkets, Aldi and um, what's the other one? I don't know. <laughs> Lidl's, Lidl's. Um, and then in the middle of the road might be Tesco's and Sainsbury's. And then obviously more expensive ones might be, I don't know, Marks and Spencer's or Waitrose. Um, but it doesn't matter whether what industry, you know, whether you're buying clothes, um, booking flights or holidays, or hotels, um, you know, anything you buy, whatever you buy, whether it's a kitchen or a bathroom, there is the average price, there's the cheaper version and there's a more expensive version. And a lot of the clients that you're dealing with, you're dealing with sort of more expensive homes, they tend to realise and understand that if you pay more, you get more. You know, it's almost like a, a shortcut to making a decision. If something costs more, it must be better. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes that is, um, you know, I've had people list with me when I said two and a half percent and and I said well I haven't told you what I do yet and they said well you must be really good because the last guy was one percent and we we want you you know and and most people you know they do want the best um and often the reason people don't buy the most uh, the best thing because it's it's quite expensive but when you're selling a house you're not actually paying anything up front you know your fees paid on results yeah um but yeah it's interesting that that a lot of estate agents think oh no people won't pay that they won't pay that but Clearly they, they do and they are, but but they've got to see value for money, haven't they? And they've got to see a difference. I mean, if you're there's no way that you can charge two or two and a half percent if you're going to do exactly the same as a agent who's charging one percent. No. no. Um, so that's really useful. What what other sort of tips would you give to agents out there who are thinking, well, I, I want to be able to charge two or two and a half percent. I want to provide a better uh, marketing for my clients or get better results. What else could they do? Because like I'm just thinking, you've got to. It's, it's getting people to come to you. I mean, I, I know that some people contact you direct now. Yeah. Um, they're not asking for three estate agents to come out. They're just saying, Terry, come and list my house. And, and how do you how do you make that happen? I think one thing that's been really good is that now with all the social media videos that I do, people are starting to recognise me as you know this sort of local home expert, and I think that's brilliant. Yeah. You know, and so anyone that wants to sell the house. A lot of them now follow me on my social media, right. um, on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, um, YouTube, and they, they they will get to see what I do, mm. and then they'll see the results that I'm getting. Yeah. Um, and if other agents aren't out there, so I would say if there's an individual out there that wants to be able to get better results, you've got to promote yourself. You've, you've really got to let people see what you do yeah. so that they're going to contact you first of all yeah. because you could be the best choice of agent, but if they call three others, you're never going to get the chance to prove that. Yeah. So you've got to be the one that they call out. Yeah. But then to get to the point where if you are recognised enough or, you know, if you've done a great job on somebody's house and they, they recommend you or if they've seen you've been proactive by taking a magazine with all the other properties in for sale just because you want to help them and then you're in touch with them more than their own agent, 
when it comes to changing agents, they won't want to speak to anyone else. You will win that. So a lot of my, we'll call market appraisal appointments, are actually listing appointments because either mm. I win them there and then by, you know, really closing the deal there and not letting, you know, it just fester for days and days. I want the business there and I want them to see them proactive or they've come from actually them contacting me because they know I'm the right agent for them. Brilliant, brilliant. And so going back to when you started um, in as a self-employed agent back in Banbury, I remember you saying that you'd never been to Banbury before. Never been was, in my life. And it was a complete cold start. <laughs> yeah. And you're literally starting from nothing. Um, how did you get the track? Because I'm just thinking there might be people out there that are going, right, I'm just thinking about setting up on my own as a self-employed agent. You know, what do I do to get started? What did you do to get started and, and how did you get traction? Uh, there was about 250 houses on the market for sale that, um, you know, were in our area and in the price bracket that I deal with. So within the first, I made a, I made myself a goal that within the first 30 days, I would go and knock every single door to introduce myself, to give them something. You know, I think back in the corporate world, you, you'd like go and knock the door and say, can you give me a house to sell? And nobody does that now. Mm. You know, no sellers want that approach. But, you know, I just literally started from day one giving, giving, giving. And it was just a case of saying, can I help you find a property? And then in the end, I was having people say, well, I'm hearing off you more than my own agent. Can you come around and see me? And it started from there. I think the big key is, is that when you feel that you're on a, a really, really good plane and it's going really well, that's the time to really put your foot down. Mm. Because I think that the big mistake a lot of estate agents and any salespeople make is if they've had a great result this month, good result last month, a good result the month before, they probably think, oh, I've got a great partner, I can sit and wait now. Yeah. Then three months further down the line, they're thinking, oh, Christ, I've got no business coming in. What do I do? And everyone starts panicking, it just all collapses. Yeah. So I think for me, I had to start building it and building it. But I made myself a promise that as I started to build it, I'd never let it go backwards. I keep building and building. Yeah. Um, and each year we've built on our results since the day we started. Yeah. Um, so, so I would say that I would always say that when you're in the appointment, people will buy you as well. So I've yeah. talked about the strategy in the marketing, but people will buy you. So I'm, as I mentioned, I'm a little bit cranky, a little bit quirky. And people want someone that's a bit of a character now. You know, they want someone that's going to be a little bit way out and a bit different. So when I go into people's houses, I will try and be different. Memorable. Memorable. Yeah. So. And you know what? I think often it's about just being yourself. Yeah. Being genuine as well and showing your interests and, and, and connecting. Because too many estate agents, like nobody wants to deal with a I don't know, someone who's in a suit, who's got a clipboard, who's going around the house, yeah. you know, as a robot. They want to deal with a person. I mean, you're going to have a, a long-term relationship with these homeowners. You know, you're going to be talking to them every day. There's going to be highs and lows. They need someone they, they get on with, they trust, they can rely on. And yeah, I think, I think that's really important. And obviously you you have that, you're able to connect with people very, very quickly, very likable um, and genuine. And I think that's because you just, you, you wear your heart on a sleeve. You're just, you know... And, and you're honest and t tell it how it is, you know. And, I think um, you've got to be like that. And I think you've got to know the person you're dealing with. You know, you, you've got to try and mirror that person and, and, and make sure you are, you, you are their cup of tea. Mm. So, I mean, for an example, I had one a, a few years ago since I joined Fine and Country and I delivered a magazine to him. He was on the market at one and a half million pounds. Mm. And within the second that I delivered the magazine, I could tell he was my sort of guy. We, he was just a really down-to-earth guy like me. We got on really well. And I delivered it a couple of times and then he agreed I could go around and see him. So I, and I phoned him up on the morning to confirm. So we'd had a few bits of rapport building, et cetera. And I walked in 
And I'd seen the photographs and there was something in his lounge that I liked the look of. Anyway, as we walked in, we got into his lounge and there's this big grand piano. And he said to me, what do you want to do first? Do you want to give you a look round or do you want to take a seat? And I just said to him, I looked him in the eye and said, I, I want to play the piano first. <laughs> now, the, you've got to be really careful doing this. Obviously, you might get straight French out of the door. But this guy, we, we got on great. And I could tell he was my sort of guy. Yeah. And he looked, he said, you want to play the piano? I said, yeah, I want to play the piano. Is that OK? And he said, OK. <laughs> and I played Moonlight Sonata, which ended up being the song for the video. I played yeah. Moonlight Sonata and we sat down. He was sat behind me. When I finished, it was just a silence. I thought he's either gone to get someone <laughs> to take me on the special bus and get me out of here. Um, but he was just sat really, he said, that's brilliant. And he said, you're my sort of guy. He said, I want, to, I want you to sell my house. Brilliant. And I said, well, we are two and a half percent. And he said, yeah, he said, that's fine. He said, I want you to sell my house. And it was just a brilliant, and, and we used that on the video. But that was just from being, now I had a lot of, and this is a message for these people that, that perhaps want to do things differently, but are doing the same every day. Had I not have knocked his door to give him something, mm. had I not have been good with rapport building and had I not have just been a little bit quirky and said, you know, just doing something that no other agent's going to say, just to take him back. Yeah. I won the instruction and um, there's, there's loads of stories, but I think just, just be different, you know? Yeah. And what about, you know, I, I know you're knocking on doors of houses that are for sale with other estate agents and some people will say that's not professional or it doesn't work or they don't like doing it. And, and I would agree that if it's done you know, if it's done the wrong way, it's not professional and yeah. it doesn't work. But if you do it the right way with the right mindset and that you're there to to give and to help and to start building a relationship, um, you know, it does work, you know. But if you're going there like to get, you're trying to get the house on the market, trying to get their name, get, you know, it's the wrong mindset and, and people just sort of shut down. But coming back to this and and you're, you're knocking on their door, giving them something so it could be a guide to moving or recommended removal companies or a magazine or something – but a lot of people don't do that. And I guess they're f it's the fear of rejection yeah, um, or they don't think it works. I mean, I've got two questions really. One, one is how do you deal with rejection? Because not everyone's going to um, want to use you. And then how often do you keep going back? I mean, if they keep saying no or they're not in, how often do you persist with that? First of all, fear, you know, the, the fear of rejection is there for a lot of people. Now, and this isn't this isn't a work thing. Me and I don't fear anything really now, you know. And you'll know that when we first met, I was the biggest worry in the world with everything. I don't fear rejection because I think, you know, if somebody is thinking, shall I go and deliver our, our office magazine to all the houses that I could sell? And they're thinking, oh, I'm too scared in case they tell me to bugger off when they open the door. Well, that's no worse than if you never went, mm. <laughs> you know. If you, you know, just don't go then because if, if that's the result, but what if one person says that to you, but the other nine are really pleased and they like you and you work mm. with them and you, you know, you sell the houses. Um, I think you've got to take a view. I agree. I think banging somebody's door to say you're on the market with X. I know you haven't sold it. You know, we can do a better job. That's the worst thing you can do. Mm. But I think if you're going to go out there, you're professional, you're friendly, you smile and you're just saying, I'm just giving you a magazine, have a look through it they're going to really appreciate that. They might be looking for a house and haven't found anything and you deliver mm. something with all the latest houses in they're going to think, wow, what, a, what, what an agent. Mm. And that thing to remember is that client's not even paying you. Yeah, You're doing that for them for nothing. Um, if they then want to use you to sell the house, whatever goes on there is, is, is you know, mm. mutual. And that's great for both of us. And, you know, we do a good job there. But I think it's, in terms of how many times you go back, <laughs> you've got to judge it, I suppose. Um I had a I had a case a couple of years ago where I delivered a magazine. Lady opened the door, get off my land, and she shouted and she shouted and she said, "Get off my land!" 
Okay. So anyway, I said, well, do you want the magazine? No, get off. Right. So I left and I was driving past about four weeks later and I thought maybe she was in a bad mood. Maybe something had happened or she'd like, burnt the dinner or something. I don't know. So I went back and knocked the door and she answered the door and again, she told me to get off, but she wasn't as bad. So I evaluated. I thought I've been rejected, but actually that was better than last time. I thought I'm going to leave it about six weeks and I'm going back again. And I went back again. Anyway, she opened the door. She went, oh, you again. I said, yeah. I said, I want to give you another magazine, see if I can help you, blah, blah, blah. And I spoke to her. I said, look, I said, I'm obviously proactive. I'd like to see if I can help you either buy or sign it. Anyway, her husband came to the door and uh, she said, this is my husband. She says, you've got five minutes. And I managed to get in and um, I went in there and we had, I started having a little bit of banter with her, which was quite brave. And she smiled and I actually said to her, I said, did you smile then? And she sort of said, yes, I suppose I did. We ended up, long story short, she gave me the house to sell. I sold it in about four weeks, got the asking price, and she brought me a bottle of champagne in, and she said, I think you must have hated me at the start. <laughs> I said, no. I said, I've had worse than you. I said, but actually the champagne makes up for it. And she went off, and actually the nice thing was she moved out of the area, but she kept her dentist in Banbury, and she came in about 18 months ago just before we, we yeah. got to the office from COVID. She came in just to say hi. And I think from what she was there, how I turned her around, anybody can do that, but you've You've got to make that effort to go and knock the door and not be scared. Yeah. And I guess sometimes you're delivering something and, you know, when you're giving something, it's hard for people to be rude to you. If you're giving them some, a guide to moving, a step-by-step -step guide, or it could be, as I said, you know, recommended removals. Anyone who's moving house is going to need removals, even if it's a, a man and a van, you could have that there. You know, it's hard for people to, to, to reject you for that when you're just giving them something. And when you're yeah. giving and not expecting anything return you know, and, and you're genuine, then people will be receptive to that. And I go, oh, well, I didn't get a guide to moving from my current estate agent or a Christmas card or whatever, whatever yeah. you, um, and I think it is a great way of breaking the ice and putting your, your name and in, in making them aware of you. Um, and then if you, maybe on a, if anything you deliver, you could have your Facebook logo and your, um, Instagram logo or, in, uh, LinkedIn logo and they yeah. might go, Oh, we'll just have a look at this guy on LinkedIn or Facebook and start following you. And, um, it's sort of breaking down those barriers, but, but have you had people come back to you weeks or months later after you've delivered something? The biggest one was a property in a village called Mollington mm. and it was the first million pound door I knocked on at Farnham country. And I was like, I hope she, and she was lovely. Um, but for whatever reason, they were so stuck with their agent. And I went back, um, I went back every month with the magazine um, and it was 14 months. Wow. And in between the visits to the magazine, I've got a name and a what's it and, you know, email. And I would send her a, either an email with some useful information or I would just phone her and say, how are you getting on? And, you know, are you around on Saturday and drop the magazine? And she, yes, yes. And I kept saying, after about six goes, you're going to instruct me, you know, I'd love to sell your home for you. I know you want to sell and they're a lovely couple and they rode it out for 14 months. Um, and again, it's about being a bit different, a bit quirky and a bit brave, but I looked at the date that she'd gone on the market on right move and I sent her a text message one year to the date that she went on wishing her a happy anniversary with her agent. And she phoned me up and she says, you're just, you're just a one off. She says, we really want to use you. She says, so let me speak to my husband. And in the end, you know, being, being proactive, giving, but having a bit of a, you know, letting us see that I was just a, a, you know, a normal person having a bit of a joke. And I think the text message actually made her realize I've actually been on for a year Yeah. and it took um, another two months, but took it on the market. Um, we sold it in 
three weeks. I exchanged on it within 20 days to a cash buyer. Wow. And they were able to move up to Manchester and do what they wanted with their dental wow. practice. And although they took time to come to you, I suspect that during that year, they probably weren't that motivated. They were probably thinking, well, hopefully it will sell. Hopefully it will sell. There's no rush. And then they must have gone, now, now we need to sell. We yeah. need to do something different. And we, you know, we can't just carry on doing the same thing with the same agent. And when they come to you, they probably were happy to invest in marketing. I don't know whether, uh, certainly happy to pay a higher fee and probably happy to, to be more uh, realistic on the price. I don't know. Yeah, you know, yeah they, uh, they, they were. <clears throat> and I think, you know, you have got to, you know, if you, if you want to get these results, people have to realise it is not always, sometimes it is, but it's not always an immediate fix. You know, if you mm. want to suddenly be going from that agent sitting in the office, doing the same thing every day to being the agent that's going to go out and win business for fun um, and help loads of people, you've got to realise that it might take six visits to that house, mm. to have six introductions or six social media posts, or, you know, it could take you know, 10 phone calls, one every two, three weeks, just to see how that person's getting on if they need any help. It doesn't always happen straight away. But the more you do, it, you've then got more from the backlog that will, will tip over. Yeah. And that really is how I'm getting these results. So it's a lot of consistency yeah. and perseverance. And uh, and just an um, interesting point I wanted to sort of discuss quickly is that the, obviously the whole estate agency model or not just the model, the industry has changed and how we do things. Well, in some of the businesses it's changed, in some it hasn't. Um, um, but the economy's changed, the world's changed, and, and, and the estate industry's changed. Um, what what changes have you seen? Um, and I'll just give you an example of something I'm sort of aware of, because I had a conversation with someone yesterday that they worked at a corporate estate agents and they've, they wanted to come and join, um, and they were talking about joining us on a self-employed basis. And they were talking about, oh, they have to make 50 phone calls a day. And... Um, is that something that you're familiar yeah, with? They've done that. Yeah. And how they're still doing that. They're still being told you've got to make those calls. And what was interesting is that they're saying, we've got to call these people that probably don't want to hear from us. That They go, yeah, no, thanks. We're not interested in selling or whatever. We're not interested. Um, and yet you could get your phone out now, record a 30 second video, upload it to Facebook and a hundred people see it. Upload yeah. it to Instagram, another hundred, uh, LinkedIn, another hundred. And then, Maybe some more people will see it tomorrow and the next day. And those people then are following you and then they're seeing other posts. And And I think that's just one example of how things have changed or are changing, yet some businesses are still thinking, oh, I've got to ring all these people. And and don't get me wrong, phoning is important, but you've got, and for me, and it'd be interesting to get your thoughts, it's about calling the right people at the right time, yeah. not just randomly ringing up 50 people and and the social media the nice thing about social media it's it's talking to your audience of of people that you may have already connected with i'm i guess that when you meet people and you're going to a market appraisal or viewing if you get on with them sometimes you can either find them on linkedin or you can find them on facebook or or you just say why don't you follow me on facebook to see the latest listings but what have you what are the sort of things have you seen change in the industry you know the recent weeks months years I think, you know, a lot of the uh, employed and, and the corporates, you know, they're shutting offices down. Yeah. Um, but whereas I took the decision that, you know, I've had the best year I've ever had working from home, so why would I want the office? Yeah. To some of those people, that's been forced upon them. But what goes with losing the office is they lose half the staff, you know, because mm. they just want to cut the, the, the cost down so that people are losing their jobs. And, I'm, you know, and that's very sad. Mm. Um, I'm seeing, the, you know, the agents are plummeting their fees, 
you know, in desperation just to try and get a little scrap of business from somewhere. But then that little scrap of business isn't going to sell or it's mm. going to sell at a price that's going to give them virtually not enough to cover themselves anyway. And it's just a downward spiral. And yeah. I think that is the danger of, you know, some of these corporates and some of these local one-man bands as well that are just, you know, trying to cling on. Mm. Um, they're not in the 21st century with technology and yeah. social media is so powerful. Yeah. Every appointment I go to, whether it be a, an appraisal or a viewing, anything I send somebody, there's my Facebook expert page linked to it. Nearly all of my sellers, we're connected on Facebook and LinkedIn. I get lovely comments off my, sell my, my sellers when I put something nice on LinkedIn, for example. Um, I put a post a while ago about how I feel blessed to be paid to do a hobby every day. And uh, I, had, I had one person in particular quite nasty saying, well, I wouldn't use you to sell my house if you don't take it seriously. And one of my own sellers piped up and he said, this guy's just sold my house. And it was that flawless. It was like he was enjoying it as a hobby. So yeah. pipe down. And that was great having that. So I get back in from my sellers through social media. So I'm trying to get that out there more. And that's advice I would give. But that's the changes I'm seeing as well a lot yeah. now. People are realising that sitting in an office, getting on the phone, it doesn't work. You know, I don't... There were Even probably in the last two years, you know, two years ago, I'd be making 50 phone calls. Yeah. But I don't now. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll email or I will ring the 10 that I want to speak to. And I always ring them about 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock at night when you can yeah. get them. Yeah. But in the corporate world, you don't get to do that. And just coming back to one of the points you made about an office. So there was a fine and country office in Banbury and now that's closed Yeah. because basically you weren't going there during COVID. Um, some people who are thinking about leaving their corporate world or their employed estate agency role thinking, I don't want to go self-employed because I haven't got an office or I need an office. What's your thoughts on office? Do you need an office as an estate agent today? No. Yeah. That's the only answer I can really yeah. give Yeah. because... You know, I know that when we first talked about Banbury, I was, oh, you know, it's an office I opened and it's, you know, it's all very nice and that. But actually when you evaluate, you know, in, I was working out in an appraisal. I'd never, ever talked to anybody about the location of my office. And we probably had the best location in town. I never, ever talked about the office because no one walks into an estate and is looking for a house. Yeah. And the fact that I haven't got an office, you know, none of my sellers care. You know, mm. they're not interested at all. I can, we can talk with, the, you know, Zoom, we can... I can get in the car, I can meet, meet a client for a coffee at the local coffee shop if I need to. But that is still such a rare thing that ever has to happen. It's all social media. And, you know, 10 months of my biggest ever year last year was done from the sofa. You know, I was in the only office for about six weeks of that. Yeah. Um, and that is why I, I, anyone that's thinking of shutting an office, I think their biggest worry is that they're going to be pounced upon by the other agents or, you know, they've, they're obviously in financial trouble because they've shut their office down. It's not the reason at all. It makes you more proactive. Yeah. And, you know, who wants to be stuck in an office all day? You want to be out looking at houses, sh showing people around houses or, or doing market appraisals or being proactive and, and meeting people. And as you say, you could be at home on the phone. Um, we found a lot of people that are working from home now are more productive yeah. um, and can spend more time communicating rather than traveling to and from an office, being stuck in an office. Um being a, an answering service for mm. calls that you don't really want to deal with. So, yeah, I think it's uh, an interesting time. That the, the industry is definitely changing. Offices, is, is I'm sure there'll be people have their own views on that. Yeah. It's interesting to hear your thoughts on it. Um, but it shouldn't stop anyone from, you know, setting up their own self-employed 
business. Um, are there anything else you want to share? I think we've we've covered quite a lot, and I'm sure we could talk for hours. Um, I really appreciate all the advice that you're sharing and and the secrets you're you're giving to to other people, and that's much appreciated. Is there anything else you wanted to add um, that you feel would be useful to the people? Um, I think the only thing I'd say to sort of summarise it and wrap it up to anyone wanting to earn more money, A, believe in yourself, B, be a little bit different, and C, just fight for that business. That's my three tips. Yeah. Thank you very much, Terry. It's been amazing. And if anybody wants to get in touch with you, they can just follow you on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, see what you're doing, drop you a message. In fact, that's how people are communicating now, isn't it? And I think you've got to be on those platforms. Forget whether you're posting or not, but if somebody wants to connect, contact you, like if I think, oh, I need to contact someone i'll just go well let's find them on linkedin i'll just send them a message or yeah. facebook that's and you know i guess you get a lot of messages from those social media platforms as well now yeah which is great yeah um been a, been a, been fantastic thank you very much for your time it really is appreciated and uh, i'm sure a lot of people will be inspired by what you said thank you thank you so i hope you enjoyed today's episode if you'd like more information about becoming a self-employed estate agent i will add a link in the description I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.